right, we are uh, brought to you by Larry King Law Football and four lots to get to. I mean, on a quiet little Monday, right? There's a lot of uh, football stuff going on uh, in the NFL and, yeah, in the college ranks and where the colleges and the NFL meet. The big news, I guess this was yesterday this broke, that uh, Eric Bieniemy, the former Chiefs uh, offensive coordinator, uh, running backs coach, also former Washington offensive coordinator this one season, is uh, becoming the UCLA offensive coordinator uh, going back to campus. And I don't know if we talked about this on the air a while ago or not, or if this was a off-air conversation I had with somebody <laughs> I was talking to that uh, knows a little bit about EB and um, the way he's, you know, the way he coaches his style. And said to me, you know, this might be a guy who's better suited for college. You know, like his style, you know, it was kind of a no holds barred, I don't care, I'm not changing kind of attitude. Um, which kind of came to the forefront here with the, the commander season. I know a lot of people wrote it off to you know, all these sissy, whiny, baby commander players. And, you know, that's maybe partial, partially true. Could be fair. Um, but, you know, again, I think after a while when you've seen, you know, you swing and miss on that as many um, interviews as he did, uh, you know, and then again, it did not seem like there was really any other options for him after Washington, you know, besides Washington last year. Um, going back to the Chiefs, I don't know if that was on the table this year or not. I mean, Andy Reid, again, says a lot of wonderful things about this guy, but he had, wasn't allowing him to run the whole thing, right? I mean, uh-uh. it was just like, I don't know. I mean, and Andy Reid, again, you know, remember, he's sheeps and wool, you know, he's he's the uh, wolf in sheep's clothing sometimes, right? Hey, I got a great deal for you. Here's Donovan McNabb. I've got something for you. Here's Alex Smith. You know what I mean? I don't know. I just don't, I just prefer if like if you're the Washington organization, never to deal with anything Andy Reid's trying to sell you. No, block just, that guy's number. Yeah, please. I mean I like Andy Reid. Okay, he's a hell of a coach, but this just feels like anything he has handed over uh, to Washington at least has turned up to not be such a great gig. You know, such a great deal. And, I, and maybe I'm being unfair to Alex Smith because you know it wasn't his fault. He got his leg broken, but still, I just I just just always a little leery. So, Biennemi joins Deshaun Foster's staff, who's the new coach. If you missed this, like this happened so fast. Oh, yeah. A couple weekends ago, when Chip Kelly just got up and left to go to Ohio State. This was Super Bowl week, right? Yeah, it was Super Bowl week. He went to Ohio State, becomes the OC, leaves a head coaching gig to become an OC in the Big Ten. And um, now Eric Biennemi is an OC in the Big Ten, which sounds really weird, at UCLA. Uh, he grew up in Southern California. He attended high school there, started his career with the Chargers. So, you know, he's a guy who's got a little, um, you know, got a little history there, but was working for UCLA many, many, many years ago. And uh, enemy said he did have opportunities to stay in the NFL. And, of course, the, the commanders interviewed him, um, didn't get the job. He told – he said that one NFL team offered him an assistant head coaching running backs job, but ultimately he took time and found his uh, way back to college. So maybe that's what the Chiefs was, right? It seems likely. It seems like that could have been the return to the Chiefs. Um, he said he's had countless conversations, interviewed many teams, and he's always been applauded and lauded. He goes, I can't say why certain decisions were and were not made, but nothing to do with the lack of anything on my end. So if I don't mind, if wow. I don't say so well, myself. Well, well, well. <laughs> my self-dignity, worth, integrity, personhood, uh, manhood, will ever be questioned or compromised. It's not always about money either. With everything in life is all often about timing. At this time in my life, the opportunity affords me the pleasure of continuing uh, to be a maker and leader of men and do what I love, my passion, my dreams, while not compromising who I am as a man. So that was uh, Eric Bieniemy's take on all this stuff. But apparently he he said in one of these interviews that he was not fired by Washington. 
that he chose to leave. Now, if you heard what Dan Quinn, Quinn said at his presser, he said like, I mean, they didn't, he didn't use the word fired either. He says he won't be with us. I mean, it, it, maybe it's just one of those ways for everybody to kind of save face yeah. and still get what they want sort of thing. It's It kind of feels that way. Mm-hmm. And, and would, you know, quite frankly, with the quotes you've heard from him and everything you know about Eric Bieniemy, would he admit it if he was? Probably, probably not. not. Yeah, probably not. He says he's got no regrets with the commanders, contrary to what some think may been put out the media. I was not fired. I actually chose not to stay. So, like, is that kind of like a Costanza, you can't fire me, I'm quitting? I, it sounds like I, it. I, I mean, where would he have fit in? I mean, obviously, they had hired Cliff Kingsbury while well, he still had his job. And then Kingsbury, I guess, and Dan Quinn met with him at some point. So, anyway. We'll, Here's we'll, something crazy. Yeah. Is the associate head coach, running backs coach thing what the commanders offered him well, to stay? Well, that could have been it, too, right? That, that, that would have been a little awkward, right? I mean, Very, you know, but, you know. You know. True. No, I mean, that's a good point, because uh, to my knowledge, they didn't name anybody an associate head coach, right? No. They did not. Interesting. Interesting. Um, says he has no regrets to the commanders either, which also, I regret that he says that, because <laughs> <laughs> I think there should be a lot of regrets. Yeah. There should be a lot of regrets. Sam Howell read that and said, are you freaking kidding me? Um, I think this was Albert Breer's story, like... Like some of the knocks on him in the NFL have been, look, he tried to copy and paste what Andy Reid did in Kansas City with a team that didn't have Andy Reid talent, Andy Reid's quarterback, or Andy Reid, by the way. And Borderline admitted that in a press conference earlier this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they acted like they were running simulation games, like these games weren't going to count, right? Like, well, we're trying to get Sam, given as many, uh, put him in many situations as possible. Huh? Like, no, aren't you actually trying to win the damn game? I, I mean, call me crazy. This makes no sense at all. This isn't training mode on Madden. I mean, this is one of the things I think I I will buy into what the players are saying. And like beyond the, oh, you know, he's argumentative, whatever, you know, jumps on your jumps, your butt at practice stuff is like when it's time to like, hey, what's going wrong here? When the ship's sinking, right? Like you got it is pro sports. You got to if you don't have guys that are all in with you, you got to figure out why they're not all in. Yep. Talk to them and maybe find a place. I mean, again, Joe Gibbs. Hall of Famer. He was 0-5. He was this ship was sinking. He was awful his first five games. They they were running a system that didn't fit their personnel. What did he do? He listened to the players. He changed. He adjusted. And that's the one thing he be never did. He didn't even wasn't interested in doing any of that this year. Until, you know, the season was over, they started running the ball a little bit more. Still wasn't enough. You had an awful defense. Like this isn't like next level football we're talking about here i mean it's just like it's pretty simple like if you have a bad defense don't go three and out every time no and don't you know and certainly don't stop the clock while going three and out every time you know like get the move the chains i don't know get your best players involved these are not crazy things and not everybody that you know said stuff about him is some chump non-pro player one of them's terry freaking mclaurin yeah who did he didn't like it you know he he told you what was wrong with it and you want to listen to him. So, I, 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 again, I think the UCLA thing made good to him. Younger players, um, you know, less opinionated. I mean, he might be able to get a lot more out of those. We'll see. Again, ultimately, it'll come down to who do they have on that team. I mean, I don't know. Is Deshaun Foster able to keep these guys? I mean, they, they had a pretty good team last year. I don't know what their portal's going to look like now that Chip Kelly rolled and, you know, how many of these were just Chip guys and all those kind of things. Who knows? And is the second round going to be worse than the first round for them? 
I mean, your guess is as good as mine. I don't know. And we don't know what kind of a head coach Deshaun Foster is going to be. Obviously, no. I mean, yeah. you, you saw the video when he was introduced to the team, and you know everybody kind of, you know, were jumping up and down. The the players were happy, but you know that's not necessarily always that doesn't always necessarily translate onto the field either. So I'm right. just be very curious to see what this looks like. I think the partnership of, of Foster and Bienemy is probably going to be a good one, but yeah. I we we can't know at the top level what this team's going to look like. No, we don't. We, we really we have no idea um, what they're going to look like at all. I'll just be, um, like I said, I'll, I'll be interested to watch him this year and see it. Because, again, this is, again, will be a second chance for him to really put his own fingerprints on an offense and, and be away from other people's, you know, blueprint or what have you. And, you know, maybe change some stuff up with what they do or what that offense looked like with Andy Reid. Because I don't think you can clearly copy and paste that. You know, especially college, right? I mean, it's... You yeah, just, you're not going to have Patrick Mahomes in college. Yeah, right, likely. you're not going to have Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you're not even going to have Sam Howell, for goodness sakes. You know what I mean? You're not even going to have Sam Howell, for goodness sakes. But the the thing about the commander is interesting. So I I kind of like your theory. I think you, you might be onto something here. Because that, remember, that was one of those things. They had already lost Randy Jordan, right? He went pretty early yep. to the Titans. That could have been something they offered him. You say, okay, you're not going to be the OC, but... You can still be associate head coach. And then, you know, I, I could understand why he would see that as kind of a, a demotion, which it is. It's clearly a demotion. So I could see why he wouldn't want to stay. But it is, it'll be fascinating to see if, I don't even know if, you know, Dan Quinn will bother to react to any of that stuff or not. But, you know, I'm sure somebody might at some point try to clean that up from the commander standpoint as to what may or may not have actually been presented to, to him, you know, if there was anything presented to him. Yeah, and, and even if it, you know, it just seems like it was either the Commanders or the Chiefs. I don't see anybody else from right. the outside making that kind of move. That just doesn't seem like it would make a whole lot of sense. Well, and then plus everybody's position at that point were filled, right? Everybody had right. like either that or you were in a situation where you had these offensive coaches that were head coaches, excuse me, that were former offensive coordinators were hired at some of these places and they had not named the OC yet, but you would have been, you know, back to kind of where right. you were in Kansas City where you're not really running the thing. Now, that was the other thing he said, and again, this is not the first of the last time this has been said that you know like i called the plays in kansas city all those years did you though i mean it sure seemed like if he did andy reed was talking a lot with a menu in front of his mouth uh for a guy who wasn't calling plays that's that's what i would say right yeah yeah and i mean i understand maybe they had this thing going back and forth or it was you know hey you take this series or whatever i don't know but it was always weird to me and they, and they didn't really ever want to clean it up for you like they never wanted to completely tell you everything and I, and I guess I don't blame them. I mean, Jay Gruden was kind of weird about this one year when McVay started calling plays. Like, he didn't want people to know that he wasn't calling plays for a long time until it was pretty freaking obvious when they would show McVay calling the plays from up in the booth uh, when he was up in the booth that first year doing it. So, anyway. Yeah. Uh, it'd be fascinating to see him this year. The enemy that is, not McVay. Oh, the McVay is fascinating in his own right. Well, well, now we know for sure he's calling plays now. Oh, yeah. So... Well, he was calling plays this year, too. And we'll find out how well it goes this year at UCLA. Ookla in the Big Ten. Still still can't get used to that. That still sounds really weird to me. Yeah, it's bizarre. It is bizarro. All right, coming up, we're going to do this. um, Continuing with football at four. A lot of combine news. Who's working out? Who's not working out over these next uh, few days when the... uh, the whole NFL world crashes upon Indianapolis for the Combine. Also, some tag news today. 
And it just uh, proves one thing when it comes to the running back position. We'll get through it all next year. Scott Jackson Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. All right, uh, football on four continues. Five o'clock, uh, Old Dominion interim coach Kieran Donahue will join us. Obviously, we'll talk about the news of the day with Jeff Jones' retirement uh, as we continue on throughout the program as well. And uh, if you miss Coach Jones with us at 3.30, uh, 6 o'clock, we will re-rack that sucker. Or you can always go to the you can go to the app, go to uh, the podcast page, and on demand, uh, you can find it there uh, as well. So those are your options. All right, uh, 757-687-9494, the uh, text line, uh, 757-687-9494, the Ballyhoo's phone line as well. This is uh, apparently the free agent year to be in the market for a running back, uh, James, because there's some big-name guys that are going to be out there because teams are not tagging him. Teams don't want to pay running backs, as we all know now. It is, um, it's going the way of the T-Rex, I'm going to say. It. I, it's going the way of the Tyrannosaurus Rex, right. the running back position. But Josh Jacobs, uh, Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard, uh, who have received franchise tags last year, it appears will not be tagged this year. Cowboys not expected to tag Pollard uh, for the 12.1 uh, mil that he made last year. Also, Derrick Henry, you know, not expected to be tagged either. Uh, the Chargers are not going to tag, um, and they're just going to let him go. Um, Austin Eckler into free agency, according to multiple reports. All this is on Adam Schefter uh, today, putting out all this running backness. It's like the running backs need almost like um, a union chief or something, right? Like they need, <laughs> they like need a, their own. They need their own like specific thing, but it, it really seems wild. Um, and yet, we, we we see how many bad quarterbacks there are in the NFL, right? Like, you would think, hey, you know, I really want to lean into the running game. But I also understand the back-by-committee thing, right? This is kind of the new the new era of, of that. Not really new, but it's more so prevalent than it has been at any time in our lives where teams like to have multiple backs and, you know, cheaper. Cheaper is a big part of it, too. Uh, but it is unfortunate because, you know, those guys can have such a bigger impact on the game. See Christian McCaffrey, for example. Um, for their team because they can touch the ball in so many different in a variety of ways and be good for them. Yet here they are, um, you know, not really, uh, not really valuing them when it comes to financially at least. And, and sorry, guys. Do we need to maybe admit that there just aren't enough Christian McCaffrey level running backs in the NFL worth investing that kind of money in? Well, I think there was a time for Eckler um, a few seasons ago, but again, the injury, yeah. right? Like, to, and then Pollard, you know, look, I think Pollard, they overspent on Pollard. They, they probably didn't need to tag him last year, um, especially coming off that injury. Was kind yeah, of that, a was, weird, that was weird. It was kind of a weird timing thing on the Cowboys' part. Not that, again, Dallas can spend bad money because they have more money than anybody if they choose to do so. And, and look, as good as Saquon Barkley's been, I mean, they've been in last place with him. <laughs> for multiple seasons. Very true, yeah. Well, actually, they were in second to last this year, sorry. Uh, so they really don't need to invest that type of cash in them, right? Like, they don't they don't need it. So I can understand that part of it, too. Now, I, I don't think this totally takes them out from trying to keep him, uh, but, you know, maybe just kind of betting against the market, right? Like, you're just like, okay, go, show us what the market is uh, at this point. But, you know, like you, you think about this season, right? So here's the Chiefs. They ran it more than they've ever run it under Andy Reid, and pretty successfully with Pacheco outside of the Super Bowl, which was like a tough game. Yeah, yeah, like they, you know, kudos to the Niners. They actually finally did a good job stopping the run in that game. 
Um, then you look at like Buffalo. What, what was better about Buffalo this year as the season went on? They're more balanced, right? James Cook was more a part of the offense, and you know that helped Josh Allen out. So you think about about that as well. And then you know you go through some of these other teams that um, that struggled this year. Some of them, you know, had injuries at, at the at the running back position, or were not as proficient at running the football as they have been in some years past. And you know, 49ers, Super Bowl team, right? Great running game. You know, ex, you know, Miami Dolphins, great running game, explosive offense. I mean, you just go through the teams that, that tend to put up points. You know, the the Baltimore Ravens, really good running team. Uh, and it's not just because of Lamar; they have you know they had quality in their running back position as well. And yet here we get here we go every year. It's just like yeah, we like to run the ball, but we just don't want to pay anybody to do it. Like that that's what it feels like. The lean is year in and year out uh, with the with the NFL. I mean the the Detroit Lions, excellent offense this year, excellent offense this year. A lot of that was because of their running game. Yet you know they had a committee too, but that's the other thing. They had a committee and they had a young guy. Uh, in addition to a veteran, you know, Bears ran the ball very well, but they didn't have like some guy you were overspending on uh, to do it. You know, again, we mentioned Miami, Buffalo, uh, Philadelphia. They've always had a bunch of running backs, and certainly the quarterbacks a big part of it as well. With what what makes it happen for them, but you know, like the teams, like in the from the playoff perspective, like the one team that really just could not run the ball this year was the Buccaneers. Like they didn't run it well at all. And they were in the playoffs. They yeah, won, and they didn't they, try very hard either. The crappy division, yeah. And again, you can kind of understand standard as well. So, all right, 757-687-9494. All right, one other combine, a couple other combine things before we uh, get to some text and some calls at 757-687-9494. The tag news is one thing, but there's also this, and not surprising news, that the top quarterback, you know, top quarterbacks are not going to work out. At the combine, I mean, Caleb Williams is not going to work out of the combine as expected. He's not going to throw. He's going to go there. He's going to do the whole thing. Not shocking at all. Um, you know, same goes with Drake May. He's not going to. He's not going to work out of the combine either. Uh, but he's going to go there. You know, go through. I guess all the laundry list of you know interviews and all these other things, measurements, physicals, what have you. But the surprising one that I heard this just the other day was that Marvin Harrison Jr. is not even going. Right? Not going. Not not doing, taking tests, measurements, none of that. He's not even in Indy. That's wild. Uh, I would think he'd at least go in for the physical, but uh, he just—he isn't just skipping again the the, the drills in Indy. He's apparently not going to even, you know, do one at Ohio State. Um, you know, or he's not. I'm sorry, in Ohio State, he's going to do he's going to do his workout, uh, building toward. He's going to stay at Ohio State this weekend. They're right. saying and build right. towards all the stuff for whatever reason. But he's not going to go get the the official physical and all that other stuff. Uh, which is which is fascinating. And again, these teams have so many visits that they can have with players, and they could get a lot of this information from there. But you know, the bare minimum would have thunk he would have done it. But he's pulling a, I, I guess we'll call it an, a Los Angeles Rams, right? Like the Rams don't go. Kind of is, yeah. <laughs> so Marvin Harrison's going to pull a Rams uh, thing as well. Maybe you saw that news last week. He's like, wait a minute, not going's an option. All right, well right. then I'm not going. <laughs> he's like, perfect. I don't want to go to Indianapolis either. <laughs> so anyway but that was the marvin harrison jr news today yeah like the quarterbacks that are working out you would expect right it's going to be Penix, 
and uh, Bo Nix, right? Like the guys that are in the latter part of the first round. Is J.J. McCarthy made a decision J.J. McCarthy is going to throw, yes. Interesting, good, because yes. that would be the first time a lot of people have seen him throw. These are the most passes we're going to see him throw. Are <laughs> exactly. you kidding me? <laughs> exactly. Now, here's the thing I will say about the combine and like the throw, not the throw. And, and again, the top guys usually don't, whatever. But like you can overcome a crappy throw day at the combine. Oh, of course you can. Yeah, I mean, because remember, Lamar Jackson did not have the best day at the combine throwing the football, but then you know blew it up in Louisville after that, and you know was still a first rounder, and he was in that range where you know you're supposed to you're supposed to throw right, like, but it didn't. It wasn't like it knocked him out of the first round or anything. So I don't I don't know. I think sometimes these guys overthink this stuff, but I understand too. You know, now it's become. It's almost like if you do it now, like you're lesser than, right? If you if you're a top quarterback and you say, "No, I'll throw at the combine," well, that seems really desperate, you know. Like this could only hurt that's you. That's fair. Yeah, you know, this fair. could only hurt you. Like, why would you do this to yourself? Uh, it's it's kind of goofy how we've gotten to this place, but I don't know. We also have gotten to a place where a G League player wins an NBA Slam Dunk competition every year now, so because <laughs> the regular guys don't want to do it. All right, seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. If you want to uh, jump on board with us. There's an interesting Russell Wilson story. I'm, I'm putting a air quote story out there uh, that we'll get to. And I did see some uh, some encouraging news from Troy Vincent today, who's part of the uh, NFL's uh, brain trust behind uh, Roger Goodell. So on uh, what they want to do moving forward with uh, one of the most one of the most forgotten plays in football. Uh, let's get to Bill in Williamsburg before we do all that though, and get to James's update. What's happening, Bill? Hey, Scott. A lot of things going on, but uh, I want to say we talked last week and we mentioned that Patino was saying how unathletic his team was. They can't shuffle left or right. They took him yeah. over a month to learn to bounce the basketball, to, to pass a basketball by a bounce pass. He played him way down, and we thought at the time maybe that's criticism of the coach too much or maybe that's genius by making the other team think that they're right. so unathletic that why should they worry about playing them? There you go. What is crazy? What did, what did they do? They beat up on Creighton. Creighton took him too, apparently too lightly. So that Patino strategy was genius. And, and, and now the new strategy is going to be that, I guess. So what's Creighton going to do? They're going to say, hey, we got to do the same thing. Our guys can't even chew gum and, bow, and, bas- and dribble the basketball at the same time. Our guys, our guys go sit on the other team's bench. They yeah. put bas- the basket in the other team's hoop. Boy, are they dumb. And by the time they get to the final March Madness final, like the coach will have to be saying, "Our guys, their bodily functions, they can't even control them. They got diaper. We're gonna have to wear diapers if we play this team because our team is so uncoordinated and we can't even control our functions, our bodily functions. So that's gonna be um, that's gonna be the progress of this thing to get the other team overconfident. It's gonna have to be putting your own team down more and more to get the other team overconfident." Yeah, I think Patino should continue to double down on this, actually, if he's smart. He's continued to say, no, this is really the least. Even though we beat number, you know, one of the top-ranked teams, this is still the least enjoyable job I've ever had. I hate this place. I mean, he should just make it, like, every every press conference he now should continue to play up how awful it is and how awful these uh-huh. kids are. Yeah, no doubt. It, they've responded. I mean, beating Georgetown is whatever, and they barely beat Georgetown. It's terrible. But, yeah, they beat Creighton. Uh, that's significant. They might... This is wild how they might play themselves from the coach hates his team, uh, says it's the worst place ever to, oh, they're in the tournament. I mean, this is what could happen. <laughs> well, Biennemi, he's uh, got an Indian background. He's got the name Chief, and they might have found that out because they, they got rid of all the Indian stuff at uh, Washington. So maybe that, 
David that has part to do with it. They didn't realize that he had a chief a name in the background, an Indian thing like that. So commanders don't like, you know, they change it from the Indians to the commanders, and they got rid of all the, anything that's related to Indian stuff, I guess. So they got rid of him, too, it sounds like. No, he yeah, he's anyway, been gone for a while, and now he's in UCLA. Yeah, and that's stampeding at a court. That Caitlin Clark, she's as fragile as you get it. If she was a furniture object in a furniture store, but she'd be marked extremely fragile. That girl just bumped her lightly, a heavier girl, and she about fell and she got hit by Jack Tatum in a, in, in, in the football game. That's how that's how she reacted. She's so fragile, and the same with the tall guy. He's so tall, he tried to get off the court, and he's tripping over people like they're running on the court. So many that he's tripping on them because he's so tall and they're so short. He tried to get off too fast. He should have just stood there and walked off slowly after these people passed him. But he tried to get off real quick, and there were too many people for that. So he got cut in that herd of, herd of people, and that's sort of his fault too. But anyway, a great show. Good listening to your show. All right, buddy. Good thanks. Again. Have a good one, Bill. Take it easy. Yeah, we'll get back to the court storming in the 5 o'clock hour. But I, I kind of feel like, too, if you rewatch it, and again, this is homework assignment, if you haven't seen the Filipowski uh, collision – that, uh, yeah, I mean, it looked like he was trying to take a shot at the kid. Yeah, kind of It looked did. like he was leaning in to get a forearm at the kid. And it, look, the kid's trash-talking him. There's no question. You can see it from the upper view. Kid's saying something to him, and it looked like he leaned in, and he got a little piece of him, and then he lost his balance. Then he got hit, sideswiped, and knee-to-knee. And he says it was an intentional, I, I don't know, maybe it was. But he was out in the middle of the court, and, and it took a while for the Duke staffer to get in there and kind of save him from the herd. But... You know, as they say sometimes in basketball, like, you know, you kind of ball don't lie. I mean, there might have been a little ball don't lie situation if he was trying to Uh get a little forearm shiver on that kid, and then he ends up getting a knee shot. And again, we're waiting for the date of the surgery and um, the news that he's out for the rest of the season uh, or whatever the news is going to be in, right? I mean, because it hasn't been announced yet, right? They have not really said a word beyond he injured his knee and that's it. Okay. All right. So maybe we should just wait and see, like, the full extent of the injury before we decide to... Uh, you know, put kids in jail um, for the incident that took place. So we'll wait. We'll wait for that. I know. I know. It's not a popular thing to do. Wait. Let's just go ahead and have the trial right now. But uh, I, I think maybe we should find out how serious it was. And again, the upper view of it definitely gives you a look of a, a trash talking college kid. Shocker. And also a view of a guy who was trying to get a little forearm in on the kid. Anyway. All right. Kieran Donahue joins us at five. We'll uh, talk to him about the news of the day with Jeff Jones's retirement. And obviously the remainder of the season with the Monarchs. Uh, coming up next, Russell Wilson had something very interesting to say that all you Bronco fans might want to listen to. And um, hopefully it won't scare you too much. We'll get to that next here. Scott Jackson, Joe Priority on Sports Radio. 94.1, we are brought to you by Larry King Law. Injured in accident. Call 757-INJURED. 757-INJURED. James Witham's got your sports center. I was from Jeff Jones's retirement announcement earlier today. If you missed it, uh, we spoke with Coach afterwards. We'll replay that interview for you at 6 o'clock here on the show. Kieran Donahue joined us at 5, the interim OU head coach. Uh, still season to be played. Uh, two more games on the road this week, followed by the uh, Sunbelt Tournament next week in Pensacola. So we'll uh, talk to Kieran Donahue about that and, of course, a win over the weekend. All right, 757-687-9494, Valley Hills phone line. And the uh, text line, don't forget, 5 o'clock hour, we got the Richmond Race tickets to give away for the event on the 31st of March. We'll give those away in the 5 o'clock hour. So if you want to win, you got to be listening. you got to be ready to dial. All right, that, that's all there is to it. Don't hit me up on the text line, Rich. I saw it, man. So now, Rich, if you win, it's going to look tainted, right? It's going to look like <laughs> yeah, thanks, you Rich. were trying to buy your way in. You know what I'm saying? So, we, you know, anyway, so just 
be ready to call when the time comes. Okay, so back to some football here on Football at Four. And one of the uh, stories I saw <laughs> this earlier this morning, and like it's funny. I mean, this is you. What did you say to me when I told you Russell Wilson wants to say, is saying he wants to stay in Denver? What did you What did you say to me? I said that uh, why? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Why? Why? They don't want you. Uh, why do you want them? What is wrong with you, dude? Uh, but again, this is all part of the governor, the congressman Wilson, Senator Wilson, whatever he's been nicknamed as in the past by some of his teammates, kind of who Russell Wilson is. He's not going to say anything bad, just, just wants to keep it on the up and up publicly. And uh, he was on the I Am Athlete podcast with Brandon Marshall, the former Bronco, among other stops. And here is what Russell Wilson had to say. Where you going to live, though, Russ? Your house is going to be sold. My house ain't for sale. That, that you can't Wait, man, no, what you talking about? I go on Instagram right now to say Russell Wilson's house is for sale. Yeah, that, it's not for sale. It's not on the market right now. People people think that I'm out of there. But, you know, maybe I am. But no matter what, like, I, I love to go back, you know. But, you know, I, I committed there. You know, I committed to be there. I committed to win championships. I want to win more Super Bowls there. You know, I, I love the city and everything else. But, you know, you also want to be a place that, that wants you, too. So, take so yeah, that is kind of an important part of it. They want you too, right? And right now they don't. And they have until March 17th to release him. Um, that's when they that's when the contract becomes fully guaranteed. So it would be $37 million for 2025. And listen, they pulled the guy off the field yeah. in a playoff run. So clearly they don't want him anymore, okay? And he's not going to relinquish, easy for me to say, relinquish (laughs) take three relinquish there you go relinquish that money he's not going to give it up why would he he wouldn't do it last year why would he do it now he's going to get guaranteed money from denver that he's going to find himself out on the market and he's going to go somewhere else and probably for a league minimum and get to pick his spot and i i get what he's saying i mean look he made a commitment there i mean he wanted to be there like he actually thought it was a good fit for him because we discussed this last week you know, Washington, believe it or not, this is my fi- favorite one, Philadelphia. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. yeah. Philadelphia yeah. wanted him too. Yeah, they, they kicked the tires and old Russell Wilson and others. But ultimately, he picked uh, the place he wanted to go, the Denver Broncos. And uh, it has not worked out well, clearly, in the two seasons. And once Sean Payton was hired, you know, people thought Sean Payton could be the Russell Wilson fixer. But it was really more of the opposite. Like, he was just kind of like, I'm done with, you know, I'm kind of over this. Especially for that price, not getting that kind of play out of him. Well, here, here's two things. First of all, it's not just that they, they pulled him. It's who they pulled him for. Right. Think about that. Think Jared about who Stidham. they pulled yeah. him for yeah, in a playoff run. That's the first thing. Yeah. And the second thing is, he thought that was the best place for him to go with Nathaniel Hackett. This was before Sean Payton. So he saw all these things in Denver and was like, yeah, I want to be a part of that. And and obviously Nathaniel Hackett turned out to be a pretty poor choice. And on top of that, you know, okay, here comes Sean Payton. Clearly Nathaniel Hackett was the problem. Well, again, not so much. Yeah. Greg and Gloucester, a resident Bronco fan, says, oh, yeah, let's let Russell Wilson. Let's talk that Russell Wilson and get him out of Denver, please. I wish... I could be the one to make the phone call to cut him. <laughs> I would be like, sorry, Russell, I'm going to need you to go ahead and ride it out. <laughs> Greg and Gloucester. 804 on Russell Wilson. Let Russell Wilson ride off in the sunset. Two more Super Bowls. He must be a mile high when he was making a statement like that. LOL, love the show. Thanks. Wow. 
That's a good one. He was a mile high. That's, That's a good one. That is funny. Oh, man. Oh, boy. 757-687-9494. 757-687-9494. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Again, a lot of stuff Russell Wilson says, it's just, it comes off like very, I'm running for Congress or, you know what I mean? Like, I'm never going to say anything crazy. Look, I chose that specific statement from from. Jeff Jones deliberately yeah. from the press conference today talking about how he's always authentic. Trying what you authentic. see is what you get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is exactly the opposite of what Russell Wilson is. Yeah, he's kind of gone out of his way to be the opposite. I would agree with you there. Um they've got uh they've got an interesting situation, the Broncos, because so you cut Wilson. Okay, that solves one problem, but there is the small matter, and, and I and I know I'm being nitpicky here. I'll be the first to admit I'm a nitpicky person sometimes. I, I'm I'm a little petty. But there is the small matter of finding his replacement. Yep. Just a small matter. Uh-huh. And when you're drafting at 12, it really is not set up very well. Unless you're willing to give up a lot, and I mean a lot, to go get him. Now, I did say hear something or see something, or both. It was hearing and seeing it, uh, with Jameis Winston here recently, where he said he loves New Orleans, would love to be there, but he does want to play. And remember mm. who he played for prior to... Uh, you know, the regime change there in New Orleans, of course, Sean, Pay- Sean Payton. So he's somebody you could get on the cheap, maybe as a quote-unquote bridge quarterback. I don't know. Maybe Denver likes one of these middle to late first-round guys. Maybe they're a J.J. McCarthy team. Who knows? Maybe they're a, you know, Michael Penix team, a Bo Nix, uh, one of these guys. You know, I don't know. I mean, I'm fascinated to see because, again, for $17 million a year, $18 million a year for Sean Payton. I, I probably got to see a little bit better this year than 8-9. and nine. I'm just saying, you know. Again, not to be nitpicky, but you would think, you know, winning costs – shouldn't cost you $2 million per win. No. You sh- you, it should be a little really less. <laughs> I think that they have to be significantly better, too, especially all the trash that mm. Sean Payton was talking before oh the God. season, during the season, yeah. during games, quite right. frankly. You saw him chewing out Russell Wilson on the sidelines, yeah. and, and a lot of times rightfully so, but – and they had a lot of injuries at wide receivers, so there's some of that. So they'll they'll get better at the wide receiver position, I think. But I don't know, man. That's that division didn't get any easier. Either. No, it didn't. That's, that's the other problem that they're facing. That's a great point. Harbaugh in there makes things a lot tougher for everybody. I also point out this: you know, they won one more game than the New York Jets. Yeah. One more game with the, than the New York Jets, and they were and they played Zach Wilson. Yeah, and Trevor Simeon. Right, and that's not a, a obviously a you know Aaron Rodgers Jets team this year. That was like you just said, the quarterbacks of the dregs list uh, for sure. Anyway, uh, let Russ cook. Sorry, Russ, we took your apron. You can, you can't come out of the kitchen anymore. <laughs> Greg and Gloucester's got a bunch of jokes on Russell Wilson. Greg and Gloucester's been saving these for a moment, uh, just like this. Um, one of the was it Brian and Chesapeake throughout the year that was the big Russell defender. There was another a Bronco fan that was a big Russell defender throughout the year when I when we were kind of like yeah, this isn't right. going to end and, well. And he used to call in a lot. Yeah, too. he's called a lot defending Russell Wilson, but I'm like I think he could help a team. Like let's not be crazy to not think he couldn't help a team somewhere. It's got to be certainly a team that's got a little bit more around them offensively. He he could go somewhere and help a team. I think I don't know where that place is going to be. It, it's going to be him and Fields. I would imagine are the ones that uh, that kind of you know dictate a little bit of what will happen in the draft too with some of these teams that might want to jump out on the veteran quarterback and if they miss out on one of these two veterans 
then where do they go from here? And then, you know, maybe this is when we have the overdrafting of quarterbacks in round one because of what might happen here. Yeah, I don't know that anybody's going to be excited to pick up Russell Wilson. That's, it, won't that's seem exciting. That it won't seem exciting, but somebody will do it. And I, I think he will be in a position where he'll be maybe not the long-term starter, but at least start games this year. You know what I mean? I think he'd be like either the, the bridge quarterback or, you know, a team that has maybe a younger-ish quarterback that has not – uh, really proven themselves yet. And I could see all that kind of situation for Russell. Could be. Wilson. Could be. All right, here we go. Uh, 757 687 9494. Five o'clock here in Donahue is going to join us. Uh, I'll talk about the news of the day when it comes to uh, Old Dominion basketball. Uh, coming up next, uh, Troy Vincent with some interesting things to say today when it comes to uh, the kickoffs date of. Uh, the state of the kickoff in the NFL. We'll get to that. Uh, Sky Jackson Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. We're brought to you by Larry King Law. All right, welcome back uh, at 5. Kieran Donahue will join us. Old Dominion Interim Coach. Talk about the news of the day. Jeff Jones announcing his retirement uh, from Old Dominion. Of course, two games to go for uh, Kieran and the crew. Um, And then the tournament next week down in Pensacola, Florida. Got a win on Saturday over Coastal Carolina. Let's talk about that as well with Kieran. When he joins us at the uh, top of there. And if you missed our interview earlier with Jeff Jones, you can do one of two things. You can stick around. You'll hear it again at 6. Or you can uh, go to our website and under the uh, downloads. or is it? Is it I, I keep saying downloads. Is that wrong? Is it podcast page? On demand section on of, demand. of the app. But there is a uh, podcast page on the website. So it's okay. a little different. Okay, so there you go. So there, I wasn't completely lying. No, you uh, weren't. You weren't. <laughs> all right, just all right, podcast page on the website on demand on the app. Okay. I tried to walk some guy through this last week, and I, I hopefully didn't totally screw him up by using the wrong vernacular uh, through all this stuff. He was trying to find something. Anyway, there you go. So that's what we have for you. All right. We'll get back to the uh, poll question about storming the courts um, and the idea that we're going to prosecute people <laughs> for this stuff. And I just, anyway. Oh, boy. Uh, let's do this first. Let's talk about uh, one more NFL story that I just stumbled across today about. The kickoff uh, and how terrible it was last year, right? Because uh-huh. we took it was a ceremonial play. I mean, wasn't that Roger Goodell's words for the extra point a few years back? Is well, it's become a ceremonial play. So then they moved it back and, and made it harder. So Troy Vincent, who was the VP of Football Ops, says no question there's going to be a proposal to change kickoffs um, at the, when the team gets together or when the uh, competition committee gets together this offseason. Um, Troy Vincent said that uh, his proposals coming this offseason. The last year, of course, you were allowed to fair catch the ball inside the 25, and it just led to 22% of the kickoffs being returned in the league is looking to get those numbers up again. Yet, in the other moment, they're trying to tell you this is the most dangerous play in the history of football, Yeah, which I always have kind of debated with people because I'm not really sure that's true. But anyway, he says, we know we won't go back into what we saw last year when it became a ceremonial play. This was Vincent. Now, remember this. The, the fair catch was only adopted for one year on kickoffs, right? Right, right. So they could just go back to the old rules, which is, okay, yeah, if you've got you know, Joey Sly who can kick it through the uprights or, or, or Harrison Butker, one of these guys, so be it. You know, you can do that. But if you're going to put it in play, the returner does not have the option. If it's like a pop-up kick, you know, at the at the 15 and everybody's about to kill him, uh, he's he can't call a fair catch to save himself and get the 10 yards. you got to try to return that. So they're not going backwards, you know, to that thing anymore. They've talked about this XFL approach to kicks, but apparently the XFL is not doing that XFL thing anymore because they're not even the XFL, they're the UFL. They're getting rid of that. 
So there was not enough votes last year to pass that because basically the UFL or excuse me, the XFL, which is now the UFL, that's confusing, um, did the thing where there wasn't run-ups. There's not the long run-ups. Everybody's within 10 yards of each other. And that way you don't have like the wedge setting, although that's kind of been illegal, you know, in the NFL in a sense anyway. And some of those other things that, you you know, draw to these very large and bad collisions in the past. So they didn't have any of that in the XFL. I, I thought the XFL had an exciting kickoff proposal. I'm kind of embarrassed to that they didn't do that um, in the NFL last year. I think it was silly. It almost came off like well, we're not doing it because the XFL did it, right? Well, we, they're not doing it now. So right, right, what's right. To stop exactly. You? The XFL is not doing it now. Can you take that from them and make it better? So that was uh, one of the things. The other uh, thing that's going to be among discussion here is this hip drop tackle like is the hip dip is that right hip dip hip drop you got it right the first time yeah hip drop tackle uh they're they're gonna they're they're putting out more evidence about how dangerous that has become they're saying 25 percent of the injuries were hip drop related now again if the pa is involved in it and the and the uh, league then i think it's gone right i think that it's, it's a no-brainer but the nfl says the hip drop tackles um Injury rate is 20 to 25 times that of regular tackles, according to Jeff Miller, who's another executive with I could the see NFL. that. I, I could, too. Um, now, you know, again, they got rid of the, the horse collar, which is, which is dangerous, right, uh, because of where you're pulling a guy. So the hip drop thing is going to be interesting because you have heard some defensive backs say, really, it's our only option to get guys to the ground, right? Like, this is this is all we can do. Well, for them, yeah. Yeah, now for it them, is, it's kind it of a tough place. So, like, what do, you, what do you do at that point if that's the case? The Players Association has resisted to ban it completely. Um, but the NFL continues to push to ban it. Um, a hip drop tackle is loosely defined that when a tackler grabs a ball carry and drops his body weight directly onto their legs or their back um, – but again, the precise language of the rule would be important, needless to say, when they do it. Yeah, I don't know. This one's going to be fascinating because I, I can – look, there's definitely an injury aspect to it, right? But you do have to actually get guys on the ground. Yeah. Uh, you know, that is your job. So I'd understand why players would be a little reluctant to be like, oh, yeah, this is a great idea. Meanwhile, okay, I'm getting trucked out in the open space. You know, guys, you know, get in the corner on me and I can't get them down. Then I'm, you know, then I look like the bad guy. So – they will uh, have to fight that one out, I have a, I have a feeling, because they're not going to get full support from the players in this thing. But, you know, when it comes to competition committee, sometimes they, they don't need to have the player support necessarily either to get it moved forward. All right, 757-687-9494, 757-687-9494. Uh, that is the uh, Valley Who's phone line, also the uh, text line if you want to jump on board today. We are going to uh, hear from Kieran Donahue here in a bit. Uh, on the other side, James Witham's got a sports center. Uh, we'll get to the storming the court stuff next hour as well. That's our poll question of the day on the X. If you want to uh, jump on that, feel free to do so. All right, Kieran Donahue, interim Old Dominion coach, straight ahead here. Scott Jackson's your priority Auto sports radio, 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King Law, injured in an accident, call 757-INJURED, 757-INJURED. James Witham's got your sports center.